everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us for this exciting two-part series about websites for authors. This is part one. This discussion is designed especially with our listeners in mind. Get ready for another episode full of information, laughter, and new ideas for authors. We want to encourage your writing success. I am Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to my fabulous co-host, Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Hey, Kathy. Hi, everybody. I have a fabulous co-host, too. We are so excited to be sharing this topic with you that we've been planning for quite a while. Let me introduce you to my guest, our very own Writing Works Wonders, Kathy King, who has been writing a multitude of articles and books since 1995. Along with her publishing career, she has also built websites and digital platforms for universities, corporations, consultants, authors, and more. Across these many years, her technical experience has grown, adapting to web changes and digital design. Today, we will benefit from her experience and expertise as we learn how we, as authors, or whatever profession you may be in, can plan, design, build, maintain, and optimize your very own website. And if you have not yet gone to writingworkswonders.com, I encourage you to do so. It's a beautiful example of Kathy's work. She has built that from the ground up and it is fabulous. It's easy to maneuver, it looks great, and it's totally accessible. Kathy, it's so exciting to be talking about this topic and I know everyone is going to benefit. So let's get started. Yes, Cheryl, this is such a fabulous time to be designing websites because more than ever before, I believe the technology allows people who have visual impairment to design and maintain their own sites. While I've used many different platforms, including HTML across my 20 plus years and work in this area, I've always moved to where can I help people maintain their own site? so they can continue to update it. WordPress has emerged as my go-to platform. And that's what we'll be discussing primarily today. We'll be moving towards how do you use WordPress? But there are several steps leading up to that. Can you give our listeners an overview of these steps? And then we'll come back and we'll delve into them individually. That's a great idea. One and two, the first and second steps go to sh together, Cheryl. One is, what is your message? And number two is the overall design and layout that you want to use. And I put these two together because they are the foundation of a great website. Furthermore, the way that you determine them is I recommend people go look at other websites of authors or whichever area, if you're not an author, whatever area you're developing a website for. So go out, do some research, look at sites and as you're looking at them, what do you like and what don't you like? And jot down some notes. Save the URLs of those that you particularly like. And then further notice, what is it that you particularly like 
about those? What are the features? What are the characteristics that are working for you as the user? How are people getting their message across? This is very fundamental, these first two steps. What is the message and the overall layout? So you can begin to conceptualize where you're headed. This is probably not gonna happen in an afternoon, you can imagine. This is gonna take a little bit of time and research. Third is you have to determine a web platform. Fourth is where is your site gonna be hosted? Where will it live on the web? Fifth is what will be your web address, your URL? And where will you purchase it? That goes together. Sixth is actually building it. And seventh, never ends. Getting feedback and improving, adding more to your website. So that's the overview. Okay, so let's begin with one and two. What is message and design? Authors have a couple of choices about their message for their website. And this is very much an individual choice, but in my experience, and as we've interviewed so many authors, Cheryl, most authors have a website dedicated just to them. So like CherylMcNeilFisher.com or JodyThomas.com, PatrickTaylor.com. They have a website in their name. They might also have a website later on if they have a series or a prominent book with that URL. And actually, that might be a branch off of what they've built, and they put a URL on it. Also, keep in mind that your main message is you as the author. So that's why we're talking about author's website. People, why would they go to a website of an author? Because they've read your book or they've heard about you, and they want to know about you. Who are you? What's your background? What are you writing? And so that is, I think, the dominant focus of an author website, but now you get to choose how you want to convey that message. And you can be very creative. We've seen all sorts of ways people do this, haven't we? Some people very much talk in first person and say, hi, I'm so-and-so, welcome to my website. Others bring you right into their story world and say, welcome to the kingdom of la, 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 or welcome to Ireland, come into the pub with me, or et cetera, et cetera. And so they take on the ambience and the story world that they've been writing about. And so you enter into that. There's many different ways that you can slice this as you're doing your research, see what seems to fit. What would be the type of readers that would be visiting your site, reading your books? How would you be able to appeal to them so that they will continue to read and be interested in you? The design part of it is at the same time that you're looking at what message they're conveying, how are they laying it out? How do they draw your attention to the information and make sure that you want to continue to stay there? Current research, believe it or not, Cheryl, says we have between 20 and 30 seconds to keep the attention of people on our website. That's all they give us. And especially if they're on a cell phone, it could be even less than that when they're looking at a website. So your message has to be prominent on that front page right at the top very clear and the message that is going to work. And that's a dominant part of what you have to figure out right at the beginning. The great news is you can try something. If it's not working, you can change it. It's not in stone. You've heard me say, we're master of the universe. We're creating this environment so we can adjust it based on feedback. 
So that number one and two, that's the message and the layout. And it is, it's so important because that's the first thing, boom. They want to be able to see it clearly, know who you are and easily access the information they need. Third, Kathy, what is the meaning of web platform choice? What Can you go yeah. into detail about that? <laughs> Absolutely. Now we're starting to get down into the tech jargon here. Okay. And, but we have to a little bit and I'll try to make it real simple for people. What we're talking about is what is the platform you're going to use to build your website? Not where you're going to build it, not yet, but what are you going to use? And there are many choices out there. You'll hear people talking about Wix. You'll hear people talking about Blogspot. You'll hear people talking about many different platforms, a lot of them free. And there are some that are what I call proprietary. That means that once you create your website, it only works on that platform. And that's not terrific because then you can't move it somewhere else. And we've all run into that situation. So GoDaddy has like press a button, create your website. Well, you can't move it anywhere else. It only works within that system. What we have found over the years is that WordPress really is very powerful. And there is a free version of WordPress that if you want to try it out and experiment and see how comfortable you get with it, try out the free version of WordPress. But then we're going to talk about a more advanced way of using WordPress that gives you more control and really is much more powerful for users because the free WordPress doesn't have all the features. And WordPress is the go-to one that we like because the interface is non-technical. It's easy to back up. It's accessible. So it works with screen readers and it has great flexibility and the capabilities when you get onto the full-blown version is tremendous. The sky is the limit as to how you can morph, change, transform, add in things into WordPress. But you can start simply. It's like a Lego building block castle. You can start with a cabin and add on and add on and add on to whatever level you want to get to. So you don't have to build the castle to start with. You can start with that little cabin. And that's a great thing because who can conceptualize the castle at the beginning? We don't even know where we will be in media or our writing five years from now, least of all design for it. So we need the flexibility and the ability to add on in advance. And WordPress really offers that in a user-friendly way. I came upon WordPress probably, I can't name the date. I think it's at least 10, maybe 15 years ago. And I was reluctant to switch over because I was such a techie. I did everything by code, HTML. Finally, I made the switch because of my clients. I wanted to put the websites I created for them in their hands because that's what the web is about. It's about user-generated content. So for authors to be able to share their voice through their website, You need a platform that is user-friendly. WordPress is that. If you can handle Facebook, if you can handle your email, I believe you can do WordPress with a little bit of guidance. Now let's confuse everybody a little bit more. Oh, no, no, no. Let's take take the confusion out of this because this is something that took me a while to grasp myself, the difference. Let's go a little bit further into number four about hosting. What is hosting? Okay, you have your platform and for the 
higher level platforms, they can live on many different servers. Wix is not an example of that. That is what I call proprietary, all right? That is specific to a certain website. It lives on Wix. That's the only place it lives. Other ones like WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, these are basically platform systems, databases that can live on different servers. So when you move to the advanced, the not free WordPress, it becomes a choice. Where do you want your website to live? And that's called the host. When we think about a parasite and a host, a parasite lives on a host in the animal world. That's the idea. Your website's going to live on the host. And so you have to pick a hosting service. So some of the ones that people use are GoDaddy, HostGator, those are the big guys in the world. But the hosting is where you choose to have your website live. So you look at the different packages available. This does not have to be expensive. For most people, they're going to have one web address and they'll build one website. Even if they have more than one web address pointing to that, we could do that in an advanced episode. You might, like I have KathleenPKing.com, KPKing.com, TransformationEd.com, but I only have one website. They all point to the same place. So on that server, my website lives there. So you can get a package that's pretty inexpensive that you have your own server space and it is hosted out on the internet, out on the web, and they do all the backup, the mirroring, They call them server farms. The cloud is really of a whole bunch of computers all interconnected by the web. All these computers tied together. And if one set of them goes down because power is out in a certain part of the country or the world, then it immediately flips over and your website is supported at another spot that is connected to them. And so that is what your host is providing. They also provide the capability for you to have an email address. So an example we have Writing Works Wonders hosted on HostGator. We also have our email address came with that. Our email address is info at writingworkswonders.com. You hear the similarity? It's the same web address at the end of that email address. That gives you legitimacy when you're sending emails. People recognize, oh, you actually have a website related to your business. That's a good thing. They give you storage space for files and many other services available. But for our purposes today, those are the main things that they provide. And this is why you're buying server space is because by having a host within the server, they provide, it's so easy. You go in, you talk to tech support if you need to, and you click one button and they install WordPress for you. And now you begin building your site. So it gets installed on the server under your account. Yeah, we like that when you can make a phone call somebody else does it. <laughs> right. One, one press of a button, that is master of the universe, isn't That's it? That's control. <laughs> I also want to tell you, you're a genius. I love that scenario. The parasite needs the host. Well, yes. we don't want to call our website the parasite, but yeah. Oh, it all of a sudden, that clicks. Then we talk about this URL. There's so many different aspects. I'm so happy we're doing this to help people understand the jargon. Let's go into a little bit. We explain what the URL is and how do you pick it? What, why is it so important? 
This is the last one we're going to cover in this episode, Cheryl, because we have shared a lot of technical background that if people are not familiar with it, I would like them to go back and re-listen to this before they go to part two. So this is the last piece. I don't want to overwhelm people. It's really important. I've been teaching this for years, and I know that if you're not familiar with these concepts, it can be very overwhelming. You've been in this field a long time, and you're even learning a few tidbits as we're talking. So a URL, that's the web address, like writingworkswonders.com. That's our URL for our podcast. URL stands for bum, ba, da, bum, 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 Uniform Resource Locator. So it's basically like your phone number on the internet in an analog world, right? How do people find you? Well, we call you on the phone. We use your phone number. How do we find you on the web? We use your URL. So you have to pick one. Uh Uh-oh, that's tricky. Not so bad for authors. Try to get a version of your name. Now, if your name is John Smith, you're going to have trouble. Hopefully you have a middle initial. And what people do sometimes, if your name is John Smith or Mary Smith, maybe you do marysmithauthor.com or authormarysmith.com. There are a lot of different tricks that you can do. You can even send out an email to some of your friends and have a little fun contest coming up with names for your website so that you can get a catchy URL that clearly identifies it with your name if you run into that trouble. And what you do is you can use usually your hosting platform. So if you used HostGator or GoDaddy, for example, you can purchase a URL through them and you type in the one that you want to get and it will tell you immediately if it's available or not. That means, is it already taken? And that's how you get it. And it's usually, if you're buying a hosting package, they might give you the first year free. After that, it'll be probably about $17 a year to pay for the URL. But the power of that is that instead of people writing wix.com slash Mary Smith, mm-hmm. they don't have to remember wix.com. They're writing marysmithauthor.com. It's a direct route to you. Getting your own URL is a branding. It's marketing. It is very, very important aspect of identifying yourself and your professionalism and helping to get the word out and get recognized as a professional author and helping people to be able to find you. That's what the URL is. And it's very easy to get them. If you find a couple that you really love, get a couple of them and see which one you get the most hits on in the coming year. So you can gather data. It'll gather it for you through the hosting service. Like I explained, you build one website, you have one of the URLs be your main address, and then you point or forward, redirect, they use different words with different companies, redirect the other URLs to that one. They all funnel, they funnel in. You know how like Route 1 runs up the East Coast? Route 1 is also called Post Road. It also might be called Highway 1. Yes. Everybody has those roads in their towns and their cities. It's the same sort of thing. You can get different names for your website so that no matter what people search for, they end up at the same place. So that's something you can try, but I think most people, when they're starting off, start off with one. I just mention it because sometimes you stumble across a couple and you just can't decide. Don't get hung up. You're master of the universe. Pick both of them, try them out. 
Do you think it's better to put your name, especially if there's only one site right now and mm-hmm. people are looking for you, how are they going to find you if you have some kind of strange name out there? Yeah, I would suggest that for your first site as an author, you use your name and you use your name straightforwardly. Other names can be very cute. You might make those that the theme or the subtitle or the tagline of your website. So writing works wonders. Our tagline is advancing beyond barriers or encouraging and inspiring you. Those are our taglines. And so you might have those other jazzy little phrases as your tagline for your site. But don't make it hard for people to find you. In addition, remember, when people use their search engine of choice, whether it's Google or Bing or whatever it is, you've built your website and you're mentioning your books and you have a page dedicated to your book or your series, those words will show up in the Google search. So when they Google your name or they Google the series, they'll still come to your site. I would really recommend, that's my experience and my recommendation, that your first site as an author brand you, not your book, because hopefully you're going to write many books. And people have a tendency to look for the author's site, not the book site. Right, because then if you're crossing genres or you, mm-hmm. or even if you decide you want to blog, you can blog in your other name if you want, and it can then later and then have it lead back to the main site. I think it's important. That's what I did with CherylMcNeilFisher.com. People could find me. And now it's the most important thing. You want them to find you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's why what it, uh, uniform is it uniform resource located yes. or universe? Yep. <laughs> uniform. I want to say master of the universe resource <laughs> locator. <laughs> so again, these make sense. Uniform resource locator. So people can find us. Yes. Thank you. And even though I know some of this stuff, my brain can get overwhelmed. So I'm sure our listeners will appreciate us breaking this up into two parts. This is great. Uh, Kathy, you say this stuff so naturally. And then I'm sitting here like, uh, but what has helped me because I feel energized and positive that you took this apart detailed it so well and these steps that it's going to make it easy for people. They may have to go back and re-listen to it a couple of times. How informative this is. I appreciate you. And I say that to our listeners, not just because I love Kathy, I love working with her, but I know you're thinking the same thing and uh, send her a note and tell her how much you appreciate her. Thanks. One of the great things that we're going to be talking about in the next episode, in part two, is the, are the accessibility features of WordPress and how we can make it even more accessible for the creator, the person creating and maintaining the site, and for the users. We're all about accessibility. And whether you have full sight or you're low vision or you're blind, this is really important because we want everybody to have access. And now it's the law. So we're going to be talking about those issues as well in part two. So be sure to join us for part two. We will bring you more details. We'll be going into designing the site, walking through the beginning stages of using WordPress. And then what is this? It goes on forever. Final stage. But that's the fun part. It's the feedback and continuous improvement as you decide and you test what you want to do next. Talk to you next time, Cheryl.
Thanks, Kathy. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today on Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. A tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. You can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com. It'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today. Then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347-467-0221. We also have a donate button. All donations go to technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.